0: Keeps
1: podcast podcast podcast, podcast, podcast. Load up the drape. Fuck it I'm making them pay it's high and niggas won't take it hey, I'm having my way
2: welcome back to season two of the play for keeps podcast I know we've been away for a while longer than anticipated it's Cameron hey at camera underscore hey on Twitter of course I'm joined by my co-host Drew Williams at dope is Drew on Twitter yeah we've been away for a minute man yeah About five and a half. Yeah, like we we went away at the last episode we recorded for season one was 1985. And we lied to our listeners. We told them that we would be back at the top of 2021. It is midway through 2021 now. But as we had to find out the hard way kind of, you know, recording and setting up interviews with different people getting locked in for these for the schedule, it's, it's a lot harder than it looks. It's a lot harder than it may seem. But we finally got everybody locked in. We have all the dates locked in. So season two is currently underway. We are ready. We're locked and We're loaded, and I think we're gonna have a good season this year. Well, this this summer. I'm not gonna say this year. This summer, going into the fall. I think we we have a lot of fun stuff lined up for listeners, for our audience, and we're just ready to take it to another level. Yeah, I'm ready to get to it, bro. Yeah, and for <clears throat> the first episode of season one, I can't even say we got a special guest. This person, he. he he kind of, I, I can't, I can't gas him up too much, you know. He, he he pretty normal in the grand scheme of things, you know. We already had one half of the et ceteras on this pod last season, so it was only right we could get the second half of it, the less famous but somehow equally <laughs> as important member of the podcast, equally as polarizing, equally polarizing. <laughs> maybe more polarizing, maybe more polarizing than his calls and that's saying something. But we got the infamous bansky also known as eddie gonzalez he revealed his real name to the world this year you know that's when you know you're getting real money now like he gotta gotta go by his real name now but what's good bro how you living
1: i'm good man i will say this like we got this thing we do in our show where we give like the most exaggerated gas intro possible yeah and then on this one I was just introduced as like the normal guy. So I I actually appreciate that. Because uh, now I'm motivated. Now I'm like, you know, I need the gas intro next time.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, we
2: we go back before the, before the uh, before, before what people will say the money. We we, we we know we know you for for a while now, so you know it's all love. But you before we get into all the questions and everything and the deep conversation, you you were lucky enough. To not only be in the building for game seven last night, but also game five against the Bucs and then the Bucks in the Nets series. Like, can you describe to us what it was like? Like, not just seeing KD score the 49 in game five, that performance, and then the 48 last night, but just like the environment in Barclays. Like, people say yeah. that Barclays is not like one of those arenas in the NBA. Like it's not, it's not it's not a crazy home court advantage, but from the outside looking in, it looked like it was rocking this series and this postseason.
1: Yeah, man, it's a, it's a nice arena. I've been in some, I've been in some real, some real loud and and held in high regard arenas. Uh, the old Arco Arena for the Kings that was one of the louder arenas at, at that point. I've been to Oracle where Steph has hit four straight threes and like it sounds like my ears is about to pop. So um, it's up there, man. I'm, it's a crazy environment obviously game seven was a real tense situation and it ended it ended rough and uh but game five you know you, you know how cam we we talked to kev afterwards in our group chats or whatever and you know we'll, we'll, I wouldn't even say critique because what are we gonna tell Kevin Durant about <laughs> how to play basketball right but we'll kind of let him know how we felt but there was nothing to say after that game right like there was no. it was like speechless and I called him on Facetime, and I actually posted a picture of it, which I never do. I try to keep that as separate as possible, as private as possible. But I had to call him, and, and like I told him outright, like it was an honor to see that in person. And you know how he is, so he's like thanking me for the praise and shit. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Like this was different, dog. Like this was this was not no regular shit. And so I had to let him know that that was one of the ones. As far as Game Seven goes, I mean that's the it's almost the same, right? It was an honor to see that. And then like on a personal level, you just kind of feel for your guy for the way it ended. And, and, okay. and you know, I mean, he's going to take it way rougher than any of us ever will. But yeah, it was like, you know, I was there with my girl and it was like, damn, like me and her both just like, damn, I was fucked up. <laughs> but, you know? uh, you know how that shit goes, man. I mean, all that shit is his motivation for whatever's next for him. And, uh, it was just dope to see those moments in person.
2: Yeah, you like you seeing. We all know like he's an all time great already. Like he's accomplished pretty much everything you can accomplish in this sport. But like just to see a guy like that still somehow take his game to even higher level than previously imagined. Like what was it like when you saw that shot that he hit at the end of the fourth quarter to go to overtime? Like, like the turnaround from the three point line. Like no, we, me and Drew were watching the game. And Drew was like, "What the fuck?" Like, like, <laughs> yo, like yo, I, I hit the yeah, we was like, we, we thought it was a, we was like, "That's the best shot he could get," and it still ended up going. It, it went in. It was like, of course. Like, what was it like in the actual arena when that went down?
1: So the way the 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 place where I'm sitting, I had like the perfect angle to see that unfold. Like, I'm sitting, which basically right of the Nets bench, and could that wing is like the best place for me to look at on the court. And it happened so fast, and I was so aware of the clock. It's like I was worried they weren't going to get a shot. If you remember that 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 whole little sequence was, Middleton actually got a good three. He rimmed out. It went back rim. They didn't get the rebound though. And I remember thinking this whole year their Achilles has been rebounding, and they of course it. it would end on giving up offensive rebound. Now, Blake did the smart thing. He didn't foul. He, he did the math. He didn't foul right away. Bucks called a timeout. And then Brooke actually, like, Forgotten. lost track of the whole situation yeah. and then had a violation. So it was like, okay, cool. And I, I I had, like, this really weird confidence of Kevin getting and making a shot. Like It felt like he had just missed a shot, but it felt like before that miss, he had not missed in, like, an hour. Yeah. And so it was like, he's going to make something. It's only two. He's going to make something. And it's funny because on our last pod, I kind of was smoking him like, yo, Dame gives you that Kobe feel. You and Bron don't. And he, he, he like, <laughs> he's what like, viral. what the, Remember, like, he's the, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know how that is? It's funny because we're doing that. And it's like, you know, we're recording that as other people there. And it's like, it's kind of like this tense moment that people usually wouldn't see as we're talking shit to each other. And it's like, but I'm standing on my ground. Like, I, I, I I believe what I said. Like, like Dame had that feel. Like he's gonna take it and he's gonna make it. But like, you know, comes full circle. That's how that Kevin moment felt. Now, as far as the shot, like in that moment, I worried that like he might not get a shot off, and, and he, he just, just turns and gets that shit up. And it just—I thought it was a three. So I thought the game. I thought the series ended. Yeah, yeah. we thought it was over
0: too.
1: Yeah. It took me a second to realize. Like I had to look up at the scoreboard. And because I knew there was time left, so I knew they would get a shot. They had a timeout. I had to I had to put two and two together and go, oh, shit, that was just a two. But it was like pandemonium. It was crazy. It was between that one and kind of like the falling one he made over Middleton in game five, yeah. it was like, yeah, it, it, it was insane in there. It just, you know, two inches or whatever besides sending them home and then it goes into overtime. So it was crazy.
2: Yeah, it's just wild to think about like being in there for those moments. Like, we, we went to game seven for not game seven, those game six. Yeah. The true. clip, we, we were in game six yeah. at Staples on Friday night for the Clippers and the Jazz. And like being there for, for that to see how crazy that was the environment for that game to see the Clippers come back from down 23 to come back and breakthrough for basically the franchise first time getting to the Western conference finals to have it happen in that moment. And then like you being in Barclays for these iconic moments in the playoffs, you, we joke about it all the time about the bubble and how the playoffs now with the, the fans back in the arenas, like the feel is just completely different, but it's the truth. Like you can't, you can't replicate what that feeling is being there in that, in that environment in these type of games with that type of atmosphere. Like you just can't, there's nothing
1: like yeah, it. Right? It's uh, like, like the pandemic. It, it kind of amplifies that now. Right. Like I'm pretty sure whenever I go to a concert, finally, it's <laughs> going to feel like the greatest concert of all time. That, so yeah, That's kind of what this was too. Like I had, it's funny, right? Like, I get really cool with Kevin and essentially like now I have like season tickets to the NBA and now there's no fans in the NBA for a season. And it's like, oh, fuck. Even the games I got to go to when we really start kicking it like that, he's not playing. So it's like it's not as strong an attachment to what's going on on the court. And and then it comes back for the playoffs and it's like, oh, okay, this is this is what it's been like. So, yeah, it, it was it was dope to get back in there. It's a little it's still a little scary like with COVID because you go through all these protocols to get in and then when you get in it's just like it's just like old times, you know. Yo,
2: bro, at, the, at Staples, they didn't ask us. I had my vax card with me and everything. They didn't check for anything when we when we walked in. They just basically let us walk through. Like yeah. they just checked the tickets and everything. I thought for sure it was going to be a stricter like protocol to get in. It was nothing like that at all.
1: When yeah, I uh I had heard like different between but like they have vaccinated sections and they they definitely checked our shit. but when we went to like others i don't even want to speak like too ill of barclays (laughs) staff but uh i had heard rumors that it was a little more loose depending on where you enter and all that and then once you get in and it's like it's like nothing changed it's it's crazy like it's funny like you're a little wary about going as a a restaurant these days and then they're so strict on what the players can do and all this stuff. And then there's twenty thousand people in this building. Exactly. Each other. <laughs> like, exactly. And it's like it's not like we're spread out like we're shoulder to shoulder with these strangers. And it does it just doesn't matter. So it's it's crazy.
2: Yeah. No. Definitely. We we, we got our NBA talk in though to start this off. You know, we have to ease in with what we know, <laughs> what I think we we know the best. We try to pretend like we know it the best.
1: But, yeah, we like to, we're, we're most enthusiastic about that. I don't even know <laughs> exactly. if we know <laughs> Exactly. I be wrong. But, I be wrong. Like, people people wave me being wrong in my face. Yo, bro, I be wrong. Like, what the yo, fuck?
2: <laughs> w- wrong more than 50% of the time, more than likely. Like, we all, like, like we all.
1: I, I be wrong, bro. It's like, it's whatever. Like,
2: <laughs> yo, but facts. Like, we of course, we wanted to have you on because, not only because of, our relationship that you have with us but just the lane you've carved out in the media space at this point and like me and you go back to probably like 2017 I think that's when we first started following each other on Twitter that's how we first met mm-hmm. Uh I had I was interning at complex I had dropped that top rap duos list for complex and you had rock with the fact that I had young thug and rich homie on it and yeah. like we kind of clicked from there but I have been seeing your work before that, even when I was in college and everything, stuff you had done with Uprocks, The Undefeated, you were kind of like all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so me being, I was like, I'm a huge hip hop nerd and everything. So I'm gonna read anything that right. music. <laughs> so like I was familiar with your work. Can you like tell us and the people who might not be familiar with with your previous work how you even came about becoming a quote unquote journalist or getting into writing about music?
1: It's, it's really crazy, bro. Like, if 10 years ago you had told me I could write about rap songs and and then I could take my son to his basketball tournaments, I would have been elated. Like, I would have been like, that's the dream. Like, what do you mean? And I got to do that. And I, I had appreciated that in the moment because, like, folks don't know about me. I, I dropped out of high school. Like... <laughs> And then I dropped out of college, you know, when I eventually made it to college, I dropped out of that, too. When I went to college, I was like, I'm going to be a pharmacy tech because they always hire and I could go work at Rite Aid and I'll be cool. I could make like twenty dollars an hour and feed my kids. You know what I mean? Like that was my goal. But ever since I was younger, I, I just constantly read things. I just constantly in tune with shit. Uh, You know, and then when the internet got going, I I just, same thing, just constantly in tune with everything. And that shit started paying off when people started pushing me towards writing. And I never thought I'd be a writer, even though I like to read as much as I did. But, yeah, like, I slowly got into it. I started working with the smoking section. And uh, John Gotti there kind of still serves as my mentor and really taught me how to, what I would say is the way I speak, put that into text. And that way I had my own identity and my own voice. And that grew and grew and grew. And social media was obviously a big help. But that was more relationships. You know what I mean? And reading, meeting the right people on social media. And that way when I pitch to an editor, he knows I'm that funny guy that was joking about whatever the other day. And that carried on and carried on. And that also helped form my the voice that I you know, project in, in my work. And it's funny because, like, you're more hot takey on social media, but when you have to sit down and write and really put like your name behind some shit, you're really right. going to like dig in and, and make sure it's informed and it comes from a good place. So, yeah, I might joke about Steph Curry online, on, on Twitter, but if I'm going to write about Steph, it's probably going to be a, a fluff piece because he's amazing. And then, like right. when I write that out in 2,000 words – that's kind of like the only conclusion you can get to so there is a little bit of like separation of church and state but there's a synergy too there's this weird hybrid of what media is now to where your social media is so integral to the way you promote your content to the way you create your content or to way that you even broadcast your content because some of it will be for social media so to answer your question you know i just went from there i was just trying to get my content out in any way i could in any place i could and it became a job and then it became a career and then i started making connections and it just it just went from there and then it it, it got to a place where i'm running into people like you who are keeping me young and i'm like yo i fuck with his perspective even when we don't agree i fuck with the fact that it's it's well thought out and shit he might be right and i might be wrong And so it was a lot of that. And it's like, yo, how can I work with him? How can I put him in a place to do what I was trying to do? Because I know I've been there before. And, like, I don't know if you know this, Drew. I had to fire Cam. And (laughs) it it wasn't because, like, he wasn't doing what he was doing. It was was some other shit. But this is how I knew Cam was up, though. Because I had to fire him with, like, a day's notice. And he was like. Oh, I'm good. It's cool. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, this, is, this was like this was last, I'm like, oh, last yeah. year.
2: This was 2019. We were working at, uh. we, we don't even got to, we don't got to say the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were, I was, he had hired me. This was like right when I had left, I had left from Complex. He and were I, working like independently then, right? Yeah, I was working yeah. with, with the company that okay. Bans was working with. And so I had like,
1: hired him and yeah. then I had came back like a month later and said, yo, what will it take? For you to leave that other place and just work here, and then yeah. we made that happen, and that was like I don't know a couple months, and then oh, I had man. to go. Hey, my bad, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow's yeah. your last check. Enjoy it. And he's yeah, like, no, Oh, no, it's no. cool. That's how I knew he was on some uh, St. Louis scammer type shit because he just <laughs> it meant nothing to him. He was like, Oh, I got the bag. It's cool. I'm like, Yeah, oh. I wasn't. <laughs> around. All right. and I was smart enough. Like
2: when when we like so the money I was making with him was good money. I'm not gonna lie. So like I got like about four months worth of money out of it, but it was some good, it was some good bread. And so I was saving it up. And so when he, when he hit me, let me know, he's letting me go. I was like, damn, but I, fuck it. Like it is what it is. We gonna rock out. And so lucky enough, like, probably like I was out of work, like maybe as a full-time job, maybe like two, two, three months. And then I landed at Fox where I'm at now. And I'm like working full-time at Fox and shit. So like, I just, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not, know i am like i am that i am that's how I am. I don't really be pushing, man. Exactly. I don't let shit phase me too much, bro. Like,
1: like, yeah, I, mean, I, I know how I know how y'all in St. Louis. I know what you be on. <laughs> I seen your brother. I seen your brother with the like, Union ones, off white everything. I see. Dude, like, that's you mean. talk about I'm a
2: scammer, bro. Like that's, that's the one you got to keep your eye on for real. For real, that's the one you
1: definitely got to keep your eye on. Yo, Cam, Cam showed up in some uh, Amiri pants and Dior kicks, and I'm like, Yo, a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yo, man.
0: laughs>
2: I had to go out for my birthday, man. You know how
1: it is. I feel it, man. I'm, I'm trying to get like you. You know how that goes. I'm go.
2: trying to get like you. <laughs> so sure.
0: All right. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about your writing and all that, but for the people that haven't heard, because I know you and Kev touched on it a little bit, talk about how you and Kev linked up and thought about doing a pod and everything around that.
1: Yeah, so as you can tell, I'm like long-winded and just comfortable. <laughs> Hearing my own voice, I guess. <laughs> so I had had a podcast with my man, Jonathan Tillman. And kind of as our preview for the NBA, we were discussing the free agency moves of that summer. And that was Kawhi going to the Clippers. That was uh, Kevin and Kyrie going to the uh, to the Nets. I think uh, Jimmy went to the Heat as well. Yeah, Jimmy went to the Heat. Um, and the, the season before, LeBron went to the Lakers. So I had this kind of combo that was essentially – I feel like these guys are making lifestyle choices just as much as they're making basketball choices in the sense that, you know, for Kyrie, that's going back home. For, same for Kev. It's it's just quick hopping, hopping a jump from, from the DMV area where he's from. He's an East coast kid. Uh, he just had a nephew. It was a whole bunch to it. Right. And then same for LeBron. LeBron's adamant that his wife, his mother, his family were, they wanted to be in LA. There's a big part of the reason on LA. If you're Jimmy, <laughs> yeah give me that Miami lifestyle and, and, and that money and Kawhi is the same thing he wanted to be back home so it just felt like guys were taking charge and I had kind of just riffed about that and, and use Kevin as kind of the biggest example of he's achieved everything he could achieve you know what I mean so now there's other elements that he wants to check off where he wants to work and it's like yo Brooklyn is great and you get to play with your mans and the whole nine. so I had posted Essentially, that it was a little more thorough and in depth, but I, I posted that on Twitter and tagged him because I know he'd be active and I know he'd be lurking, and he hit me. He hit me like five minutes later. It was like, "Yo, I fuck with the pod." I'm like, "What?" And so it was one of them things. Like I thought it was fake. I was showing people. I sent my girl. I showed my people. My homies at work. I, I was showing them like, "Yo, this is." look you see this shit? But we got that talking, and, and y'all know y'all talk to him just as much as me. It just it just became like the homie. Like we, we was talking and it's like, yeah, obviously I'm trying to get him on the pod immediately, but then it turns into like, yo, we watching the game and we're kind of just shooting thoughts about the game or we're watching the football game or we're watching a movie. And it's like, yo, have you seen this? It's fire. And it, and it goes on and on and on. And he's a big Drake fan and <laughs> our lifestyles coming up. were kind of similar. And it's all this shit. Right. And, Then we start talking about like his goals with media, my goals with media and just on and on and on. And it was just so much synergy that we really hit it off to the point where, you know, now that's one of my best friends and like we've spent holidays together and shit like that. So it just went from there and you get that cool with somebody and then there's actual opportunity to work together. It only makes sense. It's it's no different than what me and Cam did. It's like, let's, let's do something. And, um, you know, we have all kinds of ideas, some that we still may do, some that we might not. And the, a podcast was just one of them. And we kind of brainstormed there. And it's funny because, like, the original idea for what the etceteras became was such an involved and in, in much more, like, deep dive kind of thing. And I had to have Rich Kleinman, who, who also has become one of my best friends since then, is he had to kind of, like, remind me because we talk to this dude every day and he's just like one of the homies. He's part of the group chat, you know? Yo, you gotta remember, at the end of the day, this is Kevin Durant. So, like, this is the guest. This this is enough to carry the show. And I was like, uh, like I had really lost sight of that. So, that's how we ended up where we ended up. And, you know, him and I just kind of built that idea out from there and kind of what we envisioned for what this brand could be if it becomes a brand and, and on and on and on. And, you know he's been in- incredibly trusting of me with that and guiding that ship, and you know he'll he'll step in when need be. But um, between him and Rich, uh, you know I feel like at this point I've earned a ton of trust with them, with you know both my work ethic, the quality of work I put out for for us to carry this into the next step, and the company, you know boardroom has grown and thirty five ventures has grown and so much since I've been there. So it's just. It's all been natural and it's all worked really well. And, um, you know, it's it's been a blur every once in a while. People have to remind me how unique that circumstance is. And, you know, I, I hate when people kind of call it lucky because you know how that is. Like people call you yeah. lucky and it's almost like a slight. It's like, well, I, yeah, yeah, but I also worked my ass off for 10 years to even be in this place. Um, But it's been like it's so unique and it's so it's crazy. But I had to be reminded that it's crazy because it, it it is my regular life. So, but it's been fun, man. I met a lot of dope people, and I think you know have learned a lot in this situation as well.
2: The funny thing about that is like you and you and Kev doing the pot. Like a lot of people, they might not know. Like well, they probably don't. That's with Kev. But sometimes you you probably experience it. You kind of have to like nudge at him a little bit sometimes. So, like really, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So like, I remember last year right before the pandemic when when he was here in la we had went to 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 dinner me him and and trev we went out to eat and everything after they played the lakers and we sitting at the table sitting at the dinner table and i don't know if you guys had already had the plan in motion but i'm like yo like you're on twitter so much and like every time you get on twitter and you tweet anything like it sparks conversation for a day two days or whatever i like you really need to look into like doing a pod like people want to hear what it is you have to say he was like He's like, you really think so? Like, he's like, you think a pie makes (laughs) sense? I was like, bro, it's a layup for you. Like, there's not many guys in pro sports or the NBA period who can command conversation like that, who can, like, really, Mm -hmm. like, dictate the way a conversation can go. And now to see what the et cetera has become, like, and you yourself, you're one of those people on Twitter who... No matter what you tweet, it's like, it's a light rod. Yeah, ride, man, it's going to be a lightning Exactly.
1: So, Yo, like, I don't want that, by the way.
2: Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, that's what it is. So it's like both of y'all coming together to make this pod. And then it's like, like I said, to see what it's become, to see the guests. Like, of course, like Rich said, Kevin is Kevin. He can carry the show on his own. But right. Kevin being Kevin also opens the door for you, for you all to get the type of guests that you get. And like, yeah. for you all to be able to do this type of show. And to have this like it was like seamless chemistry to be honest with you like when you could tell you guys have been like talking f- for a while talking for a while when yeah. you, when you started before you cut the mic on and started recording
1: like it's it, it's funny because we have like we have this gold that other people don't have and and what that gold is is that it, it, Kevin like he's a mega star and again we forget cuz we joking with him about his hair and shit every day, you know, yeah. and we're, you know, he breaks a shot to lose a game or, or whatever with, with teasing him. Like he would tease us if we posted a wild outfit on the gram or whatever. So we forget like he's this mega star. And the thing that we have that's gold is that we get him in these really natural and organic moments and authentic conversations that you don't get from nobody else on that level. Like, not even to throw names and specifics out there, but, like, you don't get to see those guys behind the curtain in that way. And that's fine. There's, there's reasons why. <clears throat> and I understand them, you know. But Kevin is so normal in a sense that he doesn't mind giving that. So you get that. You get a MVP, a finals MVP who can – who will get on a podcast and just kind of like fan out at 40 because he made the calm and he's telling us how he made the calm and, and, you know, talk to J Cole about like the intricacies of him rapping and and the skill of that and stuff like, and just be a fan for an hour and a half with, with somebody like that. And then, you know, he's also a cheat code because Draymond's not going to be as comfortable in an interview. If, Kevin's not there, you know, and same with Kyrie or uh, Ali or LeVar Ball, right? They're just not going to be as comfortable and as open unless Kevin's there and they have a peer to bounce these things off of. So it's, you know, it's a really great spot for me. There's a challenge to kind of balancing that, like the interview challenge of that, but that's what I do. So we have this really unique situation, and I think we're the only ones. There's other great podcasts with athletes. Um, there's other athletes who are incredibly natural and authentic on their shows, but they're not as big of stars as Kevin. And so, yeah, like we're kind of like the only people that offer that. And, you know, hopefully as it goes on, I think two things are happening. One, and this happens with all podcasts that last long enough that garner an audience. People are coming from that for that camaraderie, so for our show, it would be between me and Kevin, right? Who and I take pride in that. I take pride in in remaining as natural and you know as can be. Like not, I would never get disrespectful, but I'm the person who can tell Kevin, like, yeah, Dame gave me the Kobe feel. You kind of don't, you know. Whereas, (laughs) whereas you know, if a reporter at the scrum did that we've seen kevin like, exactly. report. like, like what the fuck is your life <laughs> out of here <laughs> exactly. you know and and so i take pride in that and and the other thing too is you know we definitely get people who tune in for the bigger guests and that's great i mean that's that's how podcasts work so i think we got a good mix and uh you know we'll, we'll have some stuff in store and we'll continue to grow from there and, and grow community and and put that together because we're enjoying that, and that was always our goal
2: there's more to come on the horizon. Like just seeing you become this co-host of this pod, and not even just being the co-host at, of the et cetera, but branching out at the boardroom, like you said, creating like series, like this, the show we've worked on, the et cetera is locked in, and doing all the other stuff that you're working on, like within the boardroom company and Thirty Five Ventures. Like, how far do you really see this going? Like, what is the ultimate goal for for you? at this point because we, we've talked about you transitioning from writing into like co-hosting a pod and doing all of this stuff like what's what's the next step for you like is there anything more that you you could even dream to accomplish at this point
1: you know no pun intended i really want to lock into what we're doing here yeah. with cetera and boardroom too and the, the freedom that i've been given you know you've worked in media for a long time like You get to places and they they say they offer you the creative opportunity to kind of do whatever you want and it's almost never true so the freedom that i've been given and and the fact that that's true here i definitely want to take advantage of the opportunity and you know reward their faith in me so well first of all you know first order of business is really locking in making this podcast as great as it can be as big as it can be and growing that community because that can turn into so many different things, so many different opportunities, so many different outlets. It's almost like, you know, kind of like Fast fast Five universe, right? Like now they can do spinoffs because they've grown that community to that point and they've grown that universe. And so I don't think we're a cinematic universe, but <laughs> there is something to making creating a big podcast and a podcast that people are locked into and people have a real relationship with so that's my focus and like in the immediate um as as going forward and however many years or whatever you we could end up in a situation where etc. is this company unto itself where you know we're able to corner that culture market and offer a unique perspective that i don't think exists you know not to pat ourselves on the back but I don't think that exists in the way like I would like it to. My my original pitch to Kevin and then the Rich, you know, in part was to project this really natural and authentic version of Kevin that people don't see out into the world because I think it's unique and useful for both him and, and the company he's building and everything else. But it's also this idea that I want to be able to hear people that look like me and sound like me talk about things that I like because that doesn't exist, and we need more of that, you know, and and we get certain guys in certain spots, and they get opportunities, and I I wish them all the best, and I know that when they get those opportunities, a lot of times they're working under uh, under the microscope, and they're working with a thumb in their work, and they can only do so much. And It's hard. It's hard being in those positions. It's like, yo, you want to put on for your people – but you can only do so much you can only say so much so i want to introduce that to the world as much as we can and there's like an example i always use and i always show people it was uh it was this one company's draft uh coverage and it was like the dorkiest widest group of people you could possibly think of and they're talking about the nba draft and they're just talking about it like in all of these wild terms and they talk they're, they you know they're minimizing them to these really specific roles that are based on analytics and it's just like it took all of the the style and the emotion and the flair out of basketball that is the reason why i love basketball like if we look at jason williams who's one of my favorite players ever i know statistically he's probably like not great but he mattered so much and i watch people do that with Iverson too you know we tear down his his legacy because of these new statistics that we've now placed value in and have kind of bent the game to a certain style. But there was no debate in Iverson when he was dribbling around all these gyms. You know, no. there was no debate. Like he was an icon. that like, you you've never seen people wearing another player's signature shoes almost like Mike, besides Iverson. And that was like Reeboks. Like he was you know, so it was like it was a different level. So like I hate that that's being removed from the way the game is covered and in sports. Period. You know, there's there's this certain element to, you know, I see it happen with football. I see it happen every sport, but it's like you got to remember where these guys are coming from and where they where they working from to get where they're at. And you know, shit like these guys are saving their families and like shit like that. And these other people aren't taking that into account. You know, I know. I know, Cam, you like to bring up Rudy Gay a lot. It's like, that's a great career. Yes. He's, he a didn't great win career. an MVP. A he didn't make an all-star game. He didn't do all that. But he averaged what, 18 for his career. He played however many years. He found different roles. You know, he, he 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 mattered in playoff series. That's a great career. And so, it's just this way of viewing the sport that I think kind of got washed away. And I want back in there because that perspective matters. So, That's a long-winded-ass way to say, yo, I want to add different takes to the world of culture that aren't being allowed. And I want them takes to come from culture. And I think we have an opportunity to do that, and we have a platform to do that. And we've been given the freedom to do that. So I look forward to doing it as the years go on.
0: And I know y'all are gearing up to get ready for the new season to come out. Is there any one interview that stood out as your favorite from the initial run that you guys went on or – they
1: all kind of lumped together. I get asked that a lot, like, privately. It, it's tough, right? Like, some of them matter for different ways. You know, like, when we got Cole, we were geeked because now we have an artist doing their rollout. And then it's who, who probably won't speak again for three years. <laughs> exactly. So, right. so it was yeah. like, it was huge. It was huge for us to show that our platform could do that. And he enjoyed it to the extent he did. And his manager is saying this is the best interview he's done in X amount of time. And so, like, they matter in different ways. Draymond, we got to bring that story to light. And nobody else is ever going to get them to sit down together like that. Only Mm -hmm. we could do that on our platform. The same for Kyrie and on and on and on. So, you know, they all have this different significance to me it's like you know choosing your babies or whatever i say my favorite was the one that was just me and him because that's like the most selfish and vain answer possible uh, i did enjoy having the homies on like this is why i fuck with kevin because when when we say yo let's do it let's do a pop me you cam and pierce he never like no nothing let's do it log yeah. on like just say when you know what i mean and so that one matters for, for other reasons. And, you know, they they all matter to an extent, but yeah, I'll be vain and like, (laughs) and be a jackass and say, yeah, when me and him are talking, but the, (laughs) the truth to that answer though, is that was an important episode for us to show people would actually tune into that and care. And, you know, we we could do a show that was just us and it still carry and be entertaining and, and maintain our audience. And it did. and, you know, you know Cam and, and you know too, Drew. Like we all can sit down and talk with the homie for an hour about nothing, yeah. and so that's easy. Like him and I could do that damn near every day, and it's dope that we're able to do that and turn it into this thing. And then we just did one recently for YouTube, and that can get a hundred thousand views in a day. And it's like, yo, like, and I know there's a little bit of a cheat that it's like it's Kevin Durant. He's talking about Jason Tatum, and he's talking about this, that, and the third. But it's still dope for him and I to go yo, people really locked into just us kicking the shit. so yeah
2: i mean that's that's how most uh friendships start and then it just evolves like me and drew like you said me and like we just sit down and talk for an hours that's how i that's how i met this guy <laughs> like <laughs> freshman year at, at Loyola, like sitting outside of our dorm just talking shit for an hour about Movies, everything, basketball, like, shoot, so, everything. yo. But just like you said, to be able to see that th- there's an audience f- to just hear you two come on there, you don't need a guest. Mm-hmm. I can see how that's fulfilling in a major way.
1: Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and it was like the best pods are like you're simulating a dinner with somebody. You know, they, there's always that age old question. If you could have dinner with one person dead or alive, who, who would it be? And you're essentially simulating that situation or you know for us it might be kicking it at the crib smoking watching the game or whatever like you know what I mean like whatever the situation is you're simulating that kind of like chill and just shoot the shit and I feel like we do a really good job of that and to have somebody like Kevin who again is a megastar but is able to take off like the thousand watt glasses and just be him it it, it adds a unique spin that we just can't get nowhere else. You know, there's – the who, like, I don't know who the NFL equivalent of Kevin is, but we're not getting an hour of Pat Mahomes every two weeks with, with his boy and with his other partner, and just they're just talking about the TV show they watch. You know what I mean? Like, we if we get Pat Mahomes, we're going to get Under Armour Pat Mahomes or whatever he's sponsored by. Like, we're going to get that. And that's no – that's no – Disrespected him but it's just that's the situation he's a mega star he can't really do that but kevin don't give a fuck and he will like he'll, he'll get on spaces with us and he'll talk about right. the new album that dropped and why he thought you know take off bars was better than quavo's and this and that and yeah like not everybody will do that
0: definitely how long did it take for you and kev to get comfortable around each other where anything can be talked about
1: So y'all know, so y'all know because y'all have went through this same like rigorous process, (laughs) but he brought me to the, to the, like he invited us to the crib to like chill and shoot the shit. And like the chef made some immaculate fucking meal. And I had to like,
2: same thing for us. I had
1: to, (laughs) I had to like, I didn't want to make this man cook for me, you know? And then it's like, no, no, like, this is what he, he enjoys this shit. Like, this you, is
2: literally the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I like,
1: you know what's funny is I'll tell Kevin, like, do I need to bring something? And he's laughing me out the fucking off the phone. Like, <laughs> shut up. And I'm like, no, nah, but, like, I'm coming to vit. Like, yo, I'll bring some, I'll bring a bottle or something. Like, what do you want me to, you know what I mean? It's like, no. But so we go, we we talk. We actually, first time we kicked, it was actually like, do say Palooza. And we barely... We actually, it was, it was like so much going on. We barely did shit. And then, uh, like a couple days later when kicked it and we just chilled. And I, I said this on our pod too, just as much as like, he was probably trying to make sure I wasn't a weirdo. I was doing the same because I don't know KD at that point. Right. Like we didn't talk to a bunch, but you could talk to people online all the time and then run into them and it just be some other shit. So, I was on the same thing. Like, I don't know what I'm about to walk into at this dude's house. You know, I don't know what kind of time we're going to be on. But we talked, and it was just, you know, some of it was work. Some of it was, like, the game that was on. Some of it was just whatever. And it just, it just, it just clicked, as you can see. And, yeah, I mean, it just worked. So, to answer your question, though, it didn't take long at all, especially in person. And it was immediately, like, plotting on what do we do. And I, I will say this, though. Like,
0: it his whole thing
1: was – I think we kicked it a couple times. It was like, all right, now you got to meet Rich. I was like, all right. And I was like, Rich was like the boogeyman to me. Like, (laughs) you know, he could shut this whole shit down. And now me and Rich are so cool, bro. Like, it's like, it's funny that I ever even, I told Rich, like, yo, I I thought you was the big bad wolf. But, like, every time I talk to you, I feel way better about everything we got going on. He's like, bro, (laughs) like, it's good, bro. It's love. I'm like. But at first, man, I didn't know. I didn't know what the hell I was getting in with Rich. But you know, he's hella cool, and that's like, you know, just as much as Kev is the Brody, so is Rich now, and it's it's all love. You know, these guys are fam. We we
2: we we've talked a lot about this Ceteris boardroom, everything. You know, now I got to get in my nerd bag a little bit, ask you some, some questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, I don't oh. talk with them dudes no more. Shit. Yeah, bro, <laughs> like yeah,
2: like season's Kev, over, bro. Kev that's is fun. nowhere near as important as we just made him out to do for the last twenty five <laughs> minutes. Like nowhere near. <laughs> But yo, so we talking about you, you your introduction in the writing and everything, and you were talking about how if you would have known you could just write about songs and shit yeah. and feed your family, you would have took it. <laughs> what was right. was there a specific album or song that you heard, like maybe not growing up, but like as you were progressing in the writing that really made you want to dive into that, like an uh, artist, the song, an album, anything of that nature.
1: So I'm a little older uh, than I guess I look. I don't know. I I feel like people are starting to realize how old I am now because I don't like Lil Uzi and shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) But like, so I'm 35, right? So the first album I ever bought was Doggy Style. Like I got birthday money and I went to Tower Records. I know y'all don't know what the record store is, but like they (laughs) just like music used to like be a thing you could hold. So I used to go buy that. (laughs) <laughs> and so I bought I bought Doggy Style and I bought the Chronic, which is crazy. Think about it. I was like, whatever. I think I was eight years old, and uh, I had to have somebody at the store buy it. Like I had to ask somebody up there, "Yo, can you give me these two? And uh, so, like, I had always been into rap. Rec- like that was like the only music I knew, and you know, just always loved music in that way. I was always like, music was always playing in my house, constantly, just always whether I was playing it whether my mom was playing it. And so i just always been around that. But as I grew up, I mean, Pac was a huge influence. But as far as wanting to have this kind of, like, journalistic take on music, it's the magazines. You know, we did an episode about Slam magazine. That shit was so integral to, like, my childhood and just Thanks. my Thanks. perspective on life and my viewpoint of the sport of basketball. And so, like, I was one of them kids that, like, I had boxes and boxes of magazines in my room, and I would read them shits. Like other people was just looking at the pictures and just flipping through, I would read them shits and just these deep dives into my favorite artists or to these artists I didn't even know who they were. And it was like you read a story about like past Detroit. Like okay, now I got to hear what what the fuck these songs they're describing are. Like I have to see this, and so that was what it was for me. So just coming up, reading Double XL, reading Vibe. You know, reading The Source, obviously, reading all these different publications. And then in sports, it was uh, ESPN The Magazine was big for me when I was younger. Uh, Slam, obviously. Uh, Dime. Uh, all these different magazines. And then I started reading biographies. Like, I was a reader. And so that's kind of what changed it for me. Um, when I got going, though, uh, the blog era was really happening. So, actually, J. Cole was a huge part of what I was writing about early on, Drake and then Jay Z. Like, I, I was writing, I, I was trying to write a Jay Z article like every other week, it felt like. <laughs> and it was like, he ain't even dropped music, bro. Like, no, enough. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that era of music, I really got going with this shit like 2012. So, Kendrick, you know, Good Kid Mad City was huge for that and Take Care and just all of that stuff that was coming in the era, as well as Cussing Orange Juice and just getting the chance to really dive in and kind of we used to say at Smoking Station like we're not really discovering people no more like people discovering their own acts but we're like translating we're explaining why this matters we're explaining why this is good we're explaining why this is unique and so just kind of helping people understand those artists in those times was really what what pushed me into that place and I started doing concerts I started like going to concerts at that too and that's when I started talking to artists and I started realizing like I'm able to get things out of these people that a lot of people aren't just because of the way I talk to them. And it just went from there.
2: That like It's funny, like, you bring up the blog era and all of that stuff. Like, that was probably you in, like, your mid-20s, but that's me and Drew, like, in our yeah. mid-20s and everything. But it's still, it still circles back. Like, that's really when I really started diving in and wanting to, like, potentially start writing about music or –
1: we got to get dogs
2: we got we got to guess we got somebody joining in.
1: (laughs) bro bro jumped out the cage he's going crazy
2: yo but that's like when i really started diving into it like kind of like you i'm pretty sure drew is the same way like growing up it was music in my house all the time like i tell -hmm. everybody like jay-z is the goat to me because I think he raps that well, but also like I don't think I had a choice. Like my pops was like oh. always <laughs> playing Jay Z around album. the house or in the car when we when he us to go get our haircuts on Saturdays. Like that's what we would listen to. So like that's me, how my
1: uncle was with Pac. Was yes, like, Pac is, Pac is him. him. That's it. Exactly. Like, all right.
2: my, my pops had all the pop albums too. Like he still has all of them. So like I can I I go home when I go home. Still I go digging through his. His crates of CDs and everything and just see all of the like you said, music was something you could touch. Like just seeing everything that he has, like his collection, like that's kind of what drew me in. And then like you said, the blogger as well. So it's like I'm pretty sure Drew is the same way. No, definitely. Like with the with exploration and just figuring this shit out on your own, what you what you're enamored with and what you're drawn to. That brings me to my next question for you though, bro. So you said Doggy Style was the first album you bought. <laughs> like I gotta put you on the spot, I gotta ask you the cliche question, but it's a question you probably don't get killed for this as well for your answers, but we're here. What are like five essential albums for you, like or albums that you might cut on and they really inspire you to really get motivated to work? Like an album that you can cut on, and this is what's going to really take me to that place to be productive, like come up with this next idea for something I'm working on for the boardroom, or even inspire me to w- want to write again. Like, yeah. I know you don't have much time to write now that you used to, but like these type of albums.
1: Yeah, the writing thing is. It's funny, man. It's like, I was talking to Justin Tinsley about, you know, I remember when we first started going, all we wanted to do was write. Like, yeah. We was begging to write, and we had turned some shit around in two hours, if, if that's all we had, you know. And now it's like, I hate to sound like that, but it's like, now I'm so busy, <laughs> I can't write. Like, I, I sound like a dickhead. But, but to answer your question, I mean, I feel like this has changed. By the day, like you could ask me this tomorrow, and I might have a different list. But I think Blueprint by Jay Z is always up there. Um, Machiavelli or All Eyes on Me by Pot is always up there, so we're gonna give them both a slot. Uh, Good Kid Mad City, I've, I've written in depth about that before, and I've you know, I talked about it with Ali on our pod. But that's an album that was so impactful and so relatable to me and my, my experience in my life. That's always up there. That'll get me going. Um, Scissor Control is just like one of the ones that kind of just takes me into a different kind of zone. Like, yeah. I remember talking to somebody when Control came out, I was like, this album is not for me. This album is for like a 20-year-old woman. <laughs> and like all the experiences she's going through and shit, and here I am, this 30-year-old man. But I'm like, yo, why is this album having such like a resound- <laughs> like it's such a resounding effect on my on my psyche right now? But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh control is definitely up there. Uh I think my wild card would be Amy Winehouse, Frank. Uh actually named my daughter at the Amy Winehouse. So that's always a huge, impactful part of just music for me. Uh to throw like some honorable mentions in there just to not forget these albums. Um The Warm Up by J. Cole. There's a couple songs on there that are just, like, they're so on the nose for my life, both at the time and then as I grow, that, yeah, I can't ignore that album. And uh still a Drake album in there and just say nothing was the same because <laughs> it's the best Drake album. So I cheated in that seven albums, but it changes. I mean, um, Cam, you and I talk about this quite a bit. Like, I go through phases. Like, I only listen to new wild-ass ratchet hood rap or i'm only listening to these three albums i love from 2002 or i'm listening to r&b or i'm not listening to shit and i'm just listening to podcasts or i'm watching movies for a month so i go through weird phases and just like we were just working on something this week and it was like every other day it's like cam i got it i'm gonna send it to y'all i'm gonna send it to y'all and like that creativity has to spark And so I'm basically useless unless I have it. So I will go digging, like you said. I will go digging and just run through the old albums. Like maybe this shit'll wake me up. And you know what actually got me going this time? I the Godfather came on fucking TV. And I was just like kinda like marveling at the art of this movie. Oh you and Drew about to go into deep Man. dive. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what trips me out about this movie? And you know what, what like I literally start typing and then got up and then recorded what, what I needed to do for our project camp you know, is the uh the diner scene. And I was just like, like you could this is a this is like a play. Like you could do this on a stage somewhere, and it just and then just what Pacino was doing with just facial expressions. Like, half of that scene, he's speaking Italian, and they never sub it, so we never, like, if you don't know Italian or don't Google it, you never know what they're talking about. And then the other half of that scene, he's just sitting there, just face scrunched up and fucking swollen because a cop punched him, and just, he knows he's about to kill these two people, and it, it's, like, revenge <laughs> for his death. But he's projecting all that. Like, he's not saying the worst. So anyway, I was just watching that, and I was just, like, enamored and, like, just, like, they fucking just made this like they just thought of this it's from a book but they thought of this and then Pacino and and, then you know they put this together so anyway long story short I'll be needing them sparks now and you know how that goes like you feel like because I need this spark like am I not good at what I do am I not like can I not do this shit like you run through all this shit and then you get the spark and then you do the thing and then you go oh I'm I'm him. Like, "The fuck? I I score 48 in game 5." Like, I'm I'm that guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it so it was one of the moments, but what, Okay, Drew, like I'm a, I'm going to interview y'all now. Like, you got one or two? Which one is better?
0: I think two. One they 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 both in my top 5, but I think two I would give a slight edge only because I feel like they tied in the different timelines together perfectly. I feel like Having that jump between like young Vito and Michael, Mm. they could have fucked it up, but they did a perfect job of like blending it all together.
1: So like the answer to this is also like my Pacino versus De Niro answer, but I think it's part of like my fucked up way of thinking is that the 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 past timeline we know he makes it, right? So it loses some suspense to me, and so it didn't ever hit. And then I'm just in awe of what Pacino did in the original and even the scene we just said. And so I always pick one. But I'm actually about to watch two again today after these playoff games because having watched this one again, it's like, okay, I got to give it another deep dive because I got so, again, like of like the artistry. You know, like it, it was just – and it's wild. Like they made this movie however many years ago and you could tell like – there's a certain amount of production that is lacking just because it was that long ago. Like even like the gun sound when when when, when he gets shot outside the you know outside the little deli. It's like what like what was that? <laughs> they pull and like the way he rolls over when he's all shot and shit. It's like it's so overly dramatic, but it's like this is how movies were made back then. And like this set the stage for a lot of shit. So anyway, it was like I was watching that shit just in awe. And I'd seen this movie a hundred times, and I was like, "Holy! Like they fucking made this. This is crazy."
2: So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like this brings us back to the conversation. We we had this conversation one day in the chat. All of us we were having it, and like this whole conversation you guys just had about the Godfather. And of course, I've seen Godfather one and two. I think they both excellent. Like when it, the conversation was about who's out of these four actors whose catalog could be erased forever, and you could live. And people were saying Pacino. Like I don't Wait, understand. Give, give the
0: full four. So, the so full four, me.
2: it was Pacino, Leonardo Leo. DiCaprio, uh, Samuel Jackson, and Denzel Washington. And Denzel, yeah. And they were like, all of their movies have to go. And like, everything, even if they weren't the lead. And I was like, there's no way Al Pacino can go. Like, strictly off of The Godfather <laughs> 1 and 2. And then, for me personally, <laughs> he is one of my favorite movies. Scarface,
0: and Scarface, Scarface is a But yeah. Heat is definitely
2: I mean, one of it, my favorite even movies.
0: Even The Irishman.
2: The yeah, oh, Irishman like, was really good. Like, it's just a lot of shit Pacino's been in. Like, if you were... Erase it. You know, yeah, I was getting they... killed
1: because my answer was Denzel, but it's like that was mine you too. Get, you can't get rid of Sam. He he's done too much. Like he's in too much shit. He's in Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown and yeah, all of the Avengers did. and like yeah. you know what I mean. Like he's in too much. She, he's in Star Wars. Like he's all in those the films. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it, it turned into this Jango. weird space. It is. Yeah, he's in, like you know what I mean. So whether he's the star or not, and it's kind of a cheat, but, like, he's also, like, the highest grossing actor ever because he's in a 100,000 movies. (laughs) So so it was, like, that was a wild convo, but I was with you, like, we're not, we're not doing Pacino slander, right? Like, y'all shitting me? Exactly. Y'all like, all right, baby, I'm the only one who's seen all these movies because this motherfucker is untouchable. And I don't know, it was it was a wild combo. You know how that shit goes. Exactly. People, <laughs> you know that, people look at Pacino and they look at the bottom
0: of the catalog. Yeah. And they're like, he clearly has done a lot of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I don't know why. I don't know why he took that film, but you know,
1: the top like of the
0: a really strong.
1: Pacino reminds me of how they be doing Pac on Twitter. Like y'all say all this shit, but end of the day, like he made three of the greatest albums ever. Right. So and every rapper
2: wants to be like
1: him. And then motherfuckers was back to back to back. And it was like, I said it one day, I tweeted, I said, it's crazy if you think about Pac like this. He yeah. made one of the greatest albums of all time. Then he got shot in the head and went to went to prison. Then he got out of prison and made another one of the greatest albums of all time. Then he got shot in the chest and died. Then he dropped another one of the greatest <laughs> albums of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's like three years? Like, he did all that in like three years real time? It's like, yeah, like, what do. How do we parallel. slander that? I don't get it. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, Patino, man, you cannot cross him off that list. That that was crazy to me.
2: All right, and I got I got one question left. I don't know if Drew has anything after this, but with season two of the etcetera is coming back. Or I, I don't, is this season two technically? Like, are you
1: all? Yeah, it is season, season two. two. Yeah. You okay.
2: can't don't tip the the hand to let us know who's coming on. I wanna know is there anybody that you have like that's a dream interview that you absolutely would love to interview before this is all said and done? Like maybe that's they're two. on the docket coming up, maybe they're not yet, but like who is it?
1: That's two and the most obvious ones. And it's it's Jay and it's Braun. Okay. Uh him and Braun have done something before, the thing in the car with card Champion, which was dope. Thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I would I would at like Again, going back to Kevin provides this kind of cheat code and this comfort that I couldn't get if I interviewed Braun myself. Like I'm a, I would ask Braun about 2011. Like I would start there. <laughs> like, Enough. yo, what, what the fuck, you know? And then, <laughs> and then, you know, I, I turn it around to Kevin. Like, all right, then he smoked you the next year. Like you got to get back. Everybody's get back. Like, what was that? And and you know it. I feel like that convo would just be so easy to make amazing, you know, and I'm bold enough to ask Bron all the goofy shit and you know, even if he laughs it off, at least I asked him. Yeah. Um, the other one the other one is Jay, just because Jay is just such an integral part of like I think all of everybody in our cultures, you know, growth and just growing up and coming of age. Like he's part of all of that for everybody. Um but I mean, you know, There's probably some off the beaten path stuff. There's probably some guests like only I want to interview and that are just kind of like for me, um, you know, I'd love to talk to SZA. I'd love to talk to Summer Walker and just try to make, I know they're not the most talkative people, but I just try to get as much as we can get out of them. I love. I mean, there's a a lot of people. I'm so like in my own silo in the world of the shit that I like though and so stubborn with it that, you know, we, we might fuck around and talk to like an author who wrote, three books that I liked 20 years ago or some shit so there's no telling who could show up um you know as much as we want to swing big with guests we also want to remain natural into ourselves and you know maintain that camaraderie that I think is helping bring in most of our audience but yeah I mean we'll get brawn eventually you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know when that's there's so many things that work at that with that but we'll definitely make that work and I think I think the basketball culture kind of needs that of them, you know, and especially after this last year, and especially everything they have at stake going forward and their stages and their careers. And I think they're just (laughs) in a better place to even further dive into what they do. It, and y'all know, you know, y'all know, like people always wonder about, you know, their relationship and all that. But shit, Kevin Marvel's at what LeBron does, just like everybody else. You know, that's it's, it's it's he's up there for him like everybody else, and just. In all of what he can do on the court, and you know, so you, to sit there with them and and beyond all the drama and bullshit and and kind of like the shit we would poke fun at, just to hear them talk hoop, just to hear them incredible. break down hoop, and just be a fan of hoop for an hour would be insane. So, yeah, they definitely up there. funny you y'all 30. got coming on, man. Y'all got like, we got people though. Yeah, We got keep stuff, man.
2: You know. <laughs> yeah. what I mean? We start off. We we, we start off low. It's gonna get gradually gradually bigger this season.
1: (laughs) Yo, you see Drew, Drew? (laughs) You see how he? You be letting him talk to all the guests like this? You see how he (laughs) did? (laughs)
2: Yo,
1: he said, "Yo, Yo." we just called the homie real quick, but after this, we gonna get some actual people, some actual guests." You know,
0: it's funny (laughs) you bring up Hove because, like, you know, he did the shop for that. Two weeks ago or three, like two or three weeks ago, yeah. and like we've been watching Hove for thirty years now, almost, oh, and like
1: yeah. not literally us. No, boy, I mean, like, we're six, so yeah. Damn near, yeah. But
0: you know, he he did that the, the shop, and people were looking like, man, we wanted more. Hove should have done the entire hour and a half, and wow, so we should have f- had Bad Bunny off or yeah. th- that. It's funny how Hove literally the the mystique, and everybody wants to hear new shit from him, and we. Have we not heard everything? Like we've gotten personal I wonder views that, everything?
1: I wonder that myself and like somebody like ho like like ho he's told his story so many times. Like there's probably no other way to tell a lot of it. And then like the real juicy stuff of the last ten years, he'll probably never tell because right. you, you know, those are personal moments that he wants to protect and he's gotten so private which is understandable, right? He's he's a megastar, can't go nowhere without it being a thing. Um, You know, but that's kind of, y'all know, that's kind of the art of doing this is, like, how do we get something new out of this situation that we wouldn't get otherwise? And, uh, you know, that's what I approach every guest with is, like, I want to have the best LeVar Ball interview we've ever seen. I want to have the best, you know, Biggs interview we've ever seen. And he's done a ton of them. So it's like... How do I take that knowledge that we already have and get more out of the story? I was telling somebody on Twitter they were flaming me because it's like, you talk so much. And it's like, all right, but if I don't give Cole the cliche answer when I ask him why is he rapping like this, like who are you attacking, he's going to give the cliche answer. So I had to be the asshole and talk way too much and then make him think and then, then he provides this crazy analogy to us about, you know, Kobe had to add these elements to his game and, he had to leave the schoolyard shit behind, and he had to learn how to do that, and it, it made him better, but he didn't realize it made him better until he saw the results, and he's breaking all this shit down, and he, next thing you know, he's giving us 10 minutes about why he got back to bars, where he could have just said, yo, I just wanted that fucking, I just wanted that lunch table shit again, <laughs> so it's like... You know that's the challenge. That's the challenge of what we do is trying to get the best out of these people, and they're naturally guarded. And they, as much as they want to talk, they don't want to talk too much. So I would look forward to the challenge of, of a Jay interview and just learning more. And you know, give give me the uh, what is it? The dinner? Not yeah. The 40k. <laughs> the dinner with Jay Z. <laughs> I'll, I'll make I'll make the dinner worth more than 40k. Yeah. We we, can, <laughs> we we can we can take that to the next level. So, no, that's how I see that.
2: Facts. You get a whole interview. You got it. It's a lot in the last. Like it's it's funny. Like Drew just said, and you said, it feels like we we know everything, but it's also a lot he has not spoken on like publicly. Right. And if he's willing to go there with you, then it's gold. Like you said, it's gold there. Like so, that's definitely.
1: That's Jay's great. the one like I had to break professional protocol like you and I have to take a picture before you leave <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm, not, exactly. I'm, not, I'm I'm throwing up the rock in that motherfucker like all that shit you yeah. taking a picture bro don't go nowhere it's it's funny because I'm not the yo let's get this flick guy at all like yeah. if you look at me and Kevin right. like I've taken none of those him and I have never just like yo post <laughs> but if uh yeah if, if I'm with Jay I'm I'm gonna I'm sorry I'm gonna have to get the pick. (laughs) So it just is what it is.
2: We we all got one. We all got that one person. Like yeah, I gotta
1: I gotta get the I gotta get the J pick. I gotta get the B pick if she's there. Yeah, Um, you know I try not to embarrass myself. I I try not to embarrass myself, but like yo, my uh, like you are my queen. Like can we (laughs) can we can we can we we memorialize this moment? Like I'll never have this situation again. So it's a. This gotta happen. We'll, we'll make it happen though. One of these days.
2: Nah, that's in y'all wheelhouse for sure. Probably.
1: That's yeah, probably. I mean, you know, I, I spend enough time around Cameron. Hey man, I might be in the right circles and can make hey, that happen. Sure. You
2: know, <laughs> hey hey, I, I try to I try to make things happen <laughs> for my people. You know. <laughs> my, my light, I try to shine it on everybody else. So you.
1: Oh, yeah. you know, I'm all about that. Exactly. I'm all about so, that. On, Spread the man. wealth, my man. Shit.
2: Uh, I could never have a Virgil in my circle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold him back because he made me nervous. I got to I gotta make sure all my brothers see the higher purpose for sure. But, yo, we appreciate you for stopping by, man. First episode of season two of Play for Keeps. One of my closest friends, one of my, I guess you could say a mentor to an extent. And then, like, everything you've done with us, with, with Drew as well, we appreciate it. So thanks for stopping by, man. We appreciate everything you've done. No doubt. Nah, thank
1: you for thank you for having me, and I apologize ahead of time for the uh, the low download count. Uh, I know you had a nice sizzle reel of all these celebrities, <laughs> you know, and you're gonna jump out. You're gonna jump out with me, but I'm gonna try, man. I'm gonna hit y'all with the retweets. I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> you Kevin will, yeah. How you know, that goes, we'll be exactly. on the boardroom account. We, but nah, for real, I appreciate it, man, and I, I enjoy what y'all do, and uh, you know, I'm always here to help however I can, and. I just want to see us all thrive and all this shit we doing, all this synergy we have. And, um, I'm happy. I was able to help here. Happy. I was able to help any other way I've helped. And I'm always, I'm always here for everybody It's to be a resource. And, you know what I'm saying? I, I I done put Kevin in the chat with the dumbest motherfuckers. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And, and try to like, you know, make that into something. I think we, we making some, we making some shit happen. So, Nah, I appreciate y'all. Like I always tell you, Cam, and it's the same for you, Drew, and shit. Y'all keep me young. Y'all keep me. Y- y'all made me like Gunner, like gun to my head, finally like, <laughs> all right, this, right. This motherfucker's nice. Uh, but I, but nah, like y'all, y'all do more for me than you realize, and uh, you know, I, you always, y'all always straight with me. You always good in my corner, and it's always awesome. love. So y'all have a good one, man. Uh, who y'all got winning the series, man? Since this, this come out, well. Our takes are already be fucked up by this time. This comes out, but y'all got Clippers, y'all got Suns. <sighs> I
2: wanna, I, I wanna go Suns, man. Like, you know, you know how I feel about CP, man. I'm hoping he, he comes back gonna be out with <laughs> I'm hoping he comes back, man. I'm hoping it's the Suns year. Especially, I'm, like, I'm a pick Phoenix. Like, like, bro, LeBron is out now. Katie's out. I can go. It's off
1: it's, the it's weirdly dope that we're gonna get a new face on yeah. a title. Yeah. Unless unless Kawhi does it, and he, he he just fuck he might fuck around and do it, but it really is dope, and it's an opportunity for them dudes. Uh, also, like by the time this comes out, I'll probably have been proven wrong. But I got Trey in Game Seven. I'm just I'm just all the way in on Trey. Like I I I, I told Rashad I need the plug on the on the little Adidas joints. Like, <laughs> I'm just here. Like I'm just sold on him hundred percent. So
2: he's has uh, to be the biggest stock riser this postseason.
1: Like yeah, I he's gained so much. People yeah. thought I mean, they couldn't out round
0: one.
1: Chris, yeah. Chris Chris Middleton gained a lot to me too. But Trey is just – I saw it before. Like, I got it. But I had uh, valued other guys above it. But watching him do it on this stage and just how unbothered he is and how ready he is for this shit, it's like, yeah, he's hes one of them dudes. You know? And, and now it's about, you know, just being in the right situation. All this other shit he can't control – but if we get him there, he got it. He'll be fine. So
2: you you and Kev thought I was gassing when I told y'all and when I told y'all like I saw it at the Drew. Like oh, I yeah. saw them at the Drew, <laughs> oh, yeah. bro. Y'all thought, I <laughs> y'all thought I was gassing when I said it, bro, but like he really took like the worst team. He, they put him on the worst team in the yeah. league, bro, and he had them within like the the last seconds of beating the best team at the drew league that summer. like and he showed up like right before game time like no stretching people think <laughs> i'm gassing when i say this bro he really showed up out I, I, I had all the stock at that point this summer 2019 bro going into his second year in the league so like everything he's doing now i was i was worried like he might have had the you know the typical growing pains of your first postseason but like yo he really is that guy he, he is looking for him this 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 playoffs
1: Yo, Drew, do you hear this, man? His player, Eval, comes from a little gym in LA (laughs) against, like, the homies, against, like, the homies, the the game (laughs) and his homies and shit, and, and, like, some pickup shit. That's insanity. But uh, I guess it worked for this one. (laughs) I'm not going to
0: cap. We call LaMelo there, too. I'm telling you. Yo, so
1: y'all telling me these NBA talents lit up some, like, dudes who be at LA Fitness and y'all was like, "Oh yeah, he <laughs> might could go to the league."
2: <laughs>
0: like, yo, like,
1: bro, so when
2: Lamelo was up in there, and he, it, I, it, you gotta, you gotta see it in person. You gotta see it. I'm gonna come out. Yeah. I'm gonna come, come, come to up. LA. Come to the Drew.
1: I know a few guys, man. I might get like, you know, I know it's free, but I might get like prime real estate when I get in the gym. And so, <laughs> okay, I, I know a few guys, man. I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna check them out. I wanna, hit, I wanna go on the pros are there, and so I can see that. Yeah. And, uh, I'm gonna see. I've never been, so I'm gonna check this shit out. Oh, really yeah, you gotta, go. you definitely gotta go. And I guess I'll see the future stars of tomorrow at these <laughs> at these pickup games you guys go to. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks.
2: for sure. So, but all right, we we about to get. All right, 100%. man. We
1: just said bye ten minutes ago.
0: Exactly. Uh, again, I
1: appreciate y'all. And again, y'all 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 be straight, man. Y'all have a good one, and appreciate you guys for having me.
0: Appreciate you, bro. no doubt, bro. Thank you.